Mark chapter 12, um, beginning at verse 28. Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 28. And we're going to read through verse 34. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other beside him. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Mm. Lord, help us today as we are privileged to sit under the ministry, the preaching of the word of God. Lord, may we, we see the beauty and the honor that we have to have the word of God not only in our hands, but to have the freedom to proclaim it and to sit under that proclamation. Lord, may you, may you strengthen us, may you challenge us, may you convict us. Lord, may you encourage us, Lord, through the preaching of your word today. Um, empower uh, Pastor Hoel. Lord, give him strength. Give him freedom. Lord, to, to be used as your servant, as a mouthpiece for this text, we ask in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Well. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, greetings from far, far lands in the other side of the, uh, close to the bay. Huh? Uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, my wife, Audi, and my daughter, Debbie. Um, I have to drag them this morning, but we're so happy to be here. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege, like Ross said, it's, um, God uh, knows what you need and when you need it. And uh, just a few years ago when we uh, came together and said, hey, let's go lunch and all do this, and then I start talking about replanting the church, he just said, you know what, I think I can help you. And I said, okay. I need the help, and I, I'm thankful uh, for God, for Him. Uh, came along and gave me um, what I needed to make that step. Uh, I thank you for the uh, elders of this church who had uh, uh, willingly and prayerfully uh, support his pastor in this decision to help our church. I pray for you guys. Uh, as a church, that you guys are willing to invest some money because I know that uh, things are not uh, cheap. And uh, when you want to use your money, the church money, want to do it right. And so um, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be part of the team to go to Bolivia. Uh, 
we're so grateful that uh, your church have helped us, our church. Uh, and by the way, uh, JD is over there right now. Uh, he's speaking in tongues. <laughs> Just like I'm going to do right now, too. So if you, if, if you hear me saying a few words that you don't understand, maybe ask Albert or some other to speak Spanish, because sometimes I get too excited, you know. And, but JD is over there, and we kind of, uh, you know, exchanged pastor this morning. Uh, so somebody else is going to go and translate. I asked Rod to translate for me, but he didn't want to uh, this morning. He said, just go ahead and do whatever you have to do. So, but uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you once again for your love, for your prayers, for your support. And uh, Lord willing, looking forward for the uh, place to um, ministry over there in Bolivia too. So uh, let's open our Bibles then. Uh, the scriptures are already being read by Pastor Rudd. And uh, one of the things that I always got trouble when I go to another church, which I don't use, usually do it all the time, is the pulpit. And Pastor Rudd said, are you sure you'll be okay with that pulpit or you want a small one? As long as you can hear me, I'll be okay. You don't need to see me. All right? And like Jesus said, a little while you won't see me anymore, and a little while you will see me more. But uh, uh, we'll, 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 we'll go through this, all right? All right. So let's, um, let's, let's open our Bibles and our hearts. So I want to talk to you about oh, well, this one resolution uh, how many of you, honestly, honestly in church, how many of you guys did a uh, uh, resolution for New Year? Nobody wants to raise their hands. Oh, well, you know, why are you asking me now, Pastor? It's May. You know, I give up a week after, a day after. Well, I want to talk to you tonight or this afternoon about the one resolution. And we read in this passage that... Um, Somebody asked Jesus, who, what is the greatest commandments of all? And I want to tie this thing out saying, what is the great resolution for you to do this, this year or this rest of this year? And to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And I understand as a pastor, and uh, your pastor understands this, and each one of us, of the preach and teach the Word of God. When we come to church, every time we preach, the main purpose for each of us when we submit to the authority of the Word of God is to learn how to love God more. That's why we come to church. You spend so many hours up there uh, throughout the week doing whatever you do. And then... We have a place where we, where we can gather and we can be under this authority of the preaching and teaching of the Word of God to, to, get, a, a, to get back to, to what is, what is what was supposed to be our main goal the rest of the week. And that is to love God with all our hearts, with our mind and soul. We need to learn how to love our wives. Amen, husbands? Yes, we do. Wives, you need to learn how to love your husbands. Parents, you need to learn how to love your children. Children, you need to know how to love your parents. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, you know that. 
quality uh, chapters, love. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have no love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Um, everything is, the center is love. From, from, from the love that we have, that we can, to God, and then we can give away. If we love God the right way, we're going to love the rest of our families and friends and everything else. Um, verse 12, 2 of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so I could remove mountains but have no love, I have nothing. And though I bestow my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have no love, it profits me nothing. Why do I have to love purpose of being and coming to church, the purpose to hear the word of God, then is to learn more about this love, love for God. Paul told Timothy, Timothy 1.5, now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. That's what we're here. We're learning, and we will learn. And if we go every day and every Sunday, we want to learn how to love God, how to love his commandment, and then we're going to learn how to love the rest of those who are around us. So now, going to the text, let's see uh, the historical context in here. We read that uh, this is almost a week before uh, Jesus is about to die. Just a, a, a less than a week uh, by this time, the, the uh, uh, Jewish leaders were seeking to kill Jesus. Um, they, they, they want him to be terminated. They want him to um, t- put it aside. And they were just looking for excuses to, to um, bring him to, uh, to Pilate and to do what they wanted to do, just kill him. And so... They're looking for excuses, and they want to, and they, they came to asking questions because they want to hear something that it might not be right, so they can, they can put him to death. And so, and that's the reason, if you read in chapter 12, at the beginning of this chapter, that Jesus uh, starts uh, talking to them in parables. He said that in verse 12, chapter Mark, chapter 12, verse 1, then he began to speak then in parables. Now, it's important to recognize that by this time, Jesus is uh, okay, you guys are not going to listen to me. You, you decide to kill me. Uh, okay, this is, this is the way I'm going to teach you now. And he goes on to say uh, a parable of the uh, wine dresser. And, and, and if you have heard this parable where, where Jesus is, is putting that, you know, Jesus is telling them, uh, that the father gave this uh, yard. They brought these people to take care of them. And then they killed the, the son eventually after they killed all the one who had sent him before the son. And so they understood. If you, if you uh, um, read it at the end of verse 12, and, say, and they sought to lay hand on him, for, but feared the multitude, for they knew he had spoke the parable against them. So they, they understood that. They said, oh, man, he's talking about us. He knows what we want to kill him. So they decide to do it. They left it for a while, not for long. Then they're coming back. 
verse 13. We see the lineup that they have, all right? In verse 13, they, then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians. Number one and two uh, groups. They want to ask him some questions. They want to ask him and find something that, so they can be accusing, okay? Uh, that's uh, group one, two. Uh, then verse 18, some of the Sadducees. Group number three. Right? And then in verse 28, group number four, the scribes. The scribes. So uh, each one of these groups is, uh, is, is asking him question after question after question. And you just pick, just, uh, just uh, um, look at this picture here. They're coming, they're asking him, they're telling him, they're uh, finding, fi- trying to find a way to, uh, to accuse him. And then this, this, uh, this scribe is just looking, you know. It's like, okay, he's asking this, he's asking that, he's asking all this. And then finally he goes, hey, wait a minute. Why don't we just, you guys are asking some kind of dumb questions. Why don't we just ask him something that we really, really, really want to know? How about if we ask, what is the greatest commandments of all? Now, it looks like it's a very simple question and a very simple answer. Because then, as a Jews, uh, Jewish people, they knew that, they, you know, uh, the Shabbat is love your God with all your heart, or your mind and your soul. I mean, that's it. They used to repeat that all the time, actually twice a day. But this scribe is not asking about the Bible. He's actually asking about their traditions. They're asking, he's asking about their tradition. Did you know that they have so many uh, traditions about the law? Um, somebody counted, I haven't counted yet, but they say there's about 613 commandments. 613 commandments. And you know what the Jewish people had, uh, I mean, the Jewish leader had done with the 613 commandments? They have created one commandment for each one of them. So he's not asking a very simple question. It's very complicated because among themselves, all this group, they knew, I mean, they, they, they always fight against each other saying, that, well, uh, saving the Sabbath or keeping the Sabbath is the greatest commandment. No, 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 no. Uh, you, you guys have to wash your hands and, and don't eat certain food. That's, that's the greatest thing. I mean, it's just... These people have done with the... Word of God like a, like a puzzle. They were playing with the Bible. Now be careful playing with the Bible. How many of us, by, by popular vote, how many, how many of you guys think that the Bible is enough? Yeah? Don't be afraid. A, a, a pastor knows that you're going to answer the right way. All right? We, 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 hey, the Bible is enough. I don't need nothing else. We don't need nothing else. I was telling pastor, I said, well, uh, you know, you only have less than an hour to preach. I said, I can do that. Uh, how about you just read the Bible and go home? I don't, you, you guys don't need me. Just read the Bible, isn't it? When read, the Bible is enough for us. We only hear repeating what other has done before us. This is nothing new. 
And I praise God for this book that he has kept it for us. And, 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 and these leaders, these Jewish leaders have has playing with the Bible. Making the Bible something about like a puzzle. 245 com- positive commandments, 368 negative commandments. They were arguing between each other which one was the greatest. And Jesus answered, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Let's start with that one then. You guys don't need anything else. You want to know what the greatest commandment is? Just read your Bible. It's right there. Why are you guys arguing about it? And then he goes, and you should love your God with all your heart and mind and soul. Like I said, these people used to repeat this commandment twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. For us, it's a good reminder then that this is what we need to do every day then. Love God with all our mind, soul, and strength. And that's what I was asking. If you make a resolution at the beginning of the year, whatever it was, maybe you already give up, or maybe you gave up back then, but you're still thinking about it maybe right now, since I brought that to you. Why don't we start with this then? Why don't we set our soul, mind, and strength to love our God? Because we have to seek the kingdom of God first, and everything else will be falling in place. So here is Jesus answering then. Now, why we have to love God? Why we have to love God? Point number one in there, uh, or two, I'm sorry. Um, loving God. Why do I have to love him? Why I have to come to church and then you have to remind me, pastor, or, or that I have to love God? Well, let me give you at least three reasons why. Number one, or letter A, because he's worthy. He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our whole devotion. Think about it this way. If God is the greatest thing, is the greatest thing to do, God then is the most high and sublime person that we can love. Our God is an awesome God. He's worthy. I mean, let me read a few scriptures here. So, uh, uh, Exodus 15, 11. When we talk about our God, Moses asked, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Right. I like that. Psalm 35, 10. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you? Delivering the poor from him who is, too, who is too strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy from him who plunder him. Psalm 71, 19. All the, your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who has done great things, O God, who is like you? And, you? and you can answer, there's none like you. We can answer, it's not like you, Lord. You're unique. And we're talking about love. Have you noticed something? How many of you know that I was a grandfather already? Some of you already know. I got two grandkids. All right. And um, 
It's interesting that the older you get, the more tender you get. Have you noticed that? Amen, grandparents? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, a few years ago, all these kids, why don't you just grow up, man? And then all of a sudden, my heart is tender, and all that kid is coming, and, and then you go, Grandpa. And I was like, oh, okay, come on. You know, it's like, oh, wow, that's nice. And, and then one time, one of my family members was right next to me, and, and the kid came over, Grandpa. And he goes, you're Grandpa. Oh, you're Grandpa. Oh, so cute. I go, oh, okay, come on then. So you, you, your heart is tender as you grow older. What I want to say is as you grow older in the Lord, hopefully your heart will be more tender to feel the love for your God, for this awesome God that we have. And so we're talking that we have the capacity to love. Now, the capacity to love our wives, our kids, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, whatever it is, and whoever it is, let's, let's be realistic. We only have a certain capacity to love. And so what I want to say to you is let's be wise how we love. You can love many things. You can love your family, which is good. You can love your work, your job, which is good too, right? Yeah, you can love your hobby. Excellent. How many of you have hobbies? All right, all right. good, good. All right. So you can love all those things. And sometimes we love them so much that we don't have enough room to love our God. So we got to be wise. 1 John 2.15 said, Do not love the world or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not on him. Many, many Christians, they love so much their life, their hobbies, their families, that they're having a hard time coming to church and to love God and to show the love for God. Let's Let's that not happen to us. I'm glad to see you here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that you come and re-energize your love for God. Be, keep, keep being faithful to that, right? I encourage you to do that. Keep loving your God. He is worthy. He's worthy of our love. Number uh, Letter B, because he has benefits. He got the most benefit. If you love God, he's worthy of our love. When we love him, it's beneficial to us. It's beneficial to us. First John 4.19, and this is the number one benefit that is received when we love God. First um, John 4.19 said, we love him because he first loved us. Now, that is, some of us, I, I can say by my personal experience, I'm not a very lovable person, especially when I wake up or, or when I'm hungry, you know. How many of you are, 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 are cranky when you haven't eaten for about nah, six hours? Oh, that six hours is not enough. All right. God poured his love on me. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. I always often said to my church, God loved me not because who I am, but despite of who I am. 
And I can prove that. I'm standing right here, unworthy of his love, but he loves me anyway. He loves me anyway. He loves me unconditionally. And when I read in 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love, love abides in God and God in him. So here we are. Unworthy of his love, but he loves us anyway. To experience his love, we know you and I have the testimony. When God came and put his love in my heart, in your heart, our lives change. And change forever. Amen? Change forever. I'm not the same one. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the one that I'm supposed to be, but I'm not the one who I used to be. Because the love of God intersect my heart and changed me. Somebody might say, okay, pastors, be careful what you say about loving. God love you in con- unconditional love. God love you no matter what you have done. Um, because if you say that, people might get the wrong idea. That they can live whatever they want, the how they want. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I can tell you, let me put it this way. One of the greatest love that I have in this earth is the love of my wife. I know she loves me no matter what. But I said, no, honey. Yeah, I put her in the spot. I put her in the spot. I haven't heard you saying love for a few days. I want to see her. But I know she loves me. I know she cares for me. I know that, hey, my, his, her love for me is, is, is make me be faithful to her. To be careful where I am and what, I, what I'm doing. Because I know she entrusts me, her love to me. And if it's just a really small example of that love, how much more from God? God loves me. I don't want to live with it, how, the way. I don't want to do what I want. I want to do what he wants me to do. I don't want to go to where I want to go. I want, I want to go where he wants me to go. So when I said that God it got the most benefit, it's because it's for me to love him and, 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 and be, like I said, uh, so, so live my life in gratitude to him. God loves me in a, in a perfect way. I'm going to find he has found me. He has given me love. He's given me life. And you know, you and I we were created to love God. Do you know that? Each one of us, each one of us, we, we can have a testimony. We were probably gone this way and gone the other way. And, we, and God came and intersect our life and, and give us this, uh, save us and forgive our sins. But from the very, very beginning, he had created you and me to love him, to seek him with all our hearts and mind and soul. And, 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 and you, you probably had the testimony and saying, you know what, I tried to, to fill my, my heart with other things. And it wasn't until I found Jesus and the love of God in my life that I'm complete now. Because that's the reality. I don't know if you're wandering around right now and you haven't given your life to Christ yet. 
Let me tell you, you can, you can fill your life with many things, but until you come to Christ, until you repent for your sins and confess Him as Lord, then you will have meaningful, meaningful life. Then, just then, you will know that you were created to love God. Ecclesiastes 3.11 said that God has put eternity in our hearts in a way that the man cannot, cannot find it. That means that until you come on your own efforts, your own way, you never find the meaning of your life until you come to Christ. Jeremiah 2, 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. That, that's a picture of satisfaction. For the people of Israel, they left their Lord and wandering around. And the picture here is they went through the deserts and, 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 and excavating um, to looking for some other things that we satisfy, but they were not. Only the Lord can satisfy your life. So it is the most, it, it, it had the most benefits then. It's, it's worthy. Number three, it's difficult. It's difficult. Now, honesty in church, because we, when we come to church, we have to be honest, no? Okay? So, how many of you think that loving God is difficult? Amen? Yeah, 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 don't be afraid. I told you, pastor always going to give you 100%. You're answered. You know, it's okay. All right? So, it is difficult. It is, it's not easy to love God. It is hard. If we're talking about loving God with all our heart, none of us can say, oh, I love God with all my heart and with all my mind and with all my soul. Well, no. Now, but, but, but let me put it this way. We might not love God with all our hearts and mind and soul like we should, but I hope you and I were increasingly loving God every day. Do you love God more than what you love God uh, today that you love him maybe a year ago or 10 years ago or five years ago or, or just a week ago? So when you, when, you, when you increase in your love for God and you're looking back and say, yeah, I've been loving God, not perfectly, but increasingly, God is working in your life. It's hard. Yes, it is hard, but it's not impossible to do. So when we're talking about then, it is, more, it is difficult, it is hard, uh, it, 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 is, it, is, it is possible, though. It is possible. So loving God with all our hearts, mind, and soul. And let me get my, my notes straight in here. So we're talking about loving God. He's worthy. He got the most benefit. It is difficult, yes, it is difficult, but we need to increasingly delight and know him more and more every day. That's what we need to do. We need to do is to know him. Loving God is to know him as he truly is and to delight in that knowledge. There's two key words in there, all right? Know him and delight 
in Him. Knowing God. You know, there's two, um, there's two different or two kinds of people. There's two kinds of churches and two kinds of maybe approach to doctrine. Because when one side will have churches that they are boasting and saying, yeah, we preach the Bible. And the people in those churches, they know the Bible. But one thing they lack is that they don't love God with their emotion. You know, somebody asked me earlier, do you enjoy the music? I sure did. You know, I come from a Baptist church where we still have a piano. How many, know you, how many of you guys know about piano stuff? Uh, all right. Uh, we're still dressing like this. All right. You know? um, and so uh, it was new for me, but it was nice. I could tell my wife, Man, this is nice. I like to learn new hymns or new melodies. I like it. I like it. Um, a few years ago, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But since I met Rod, I said, oh, yeah, well. It's good to come to people that they know their Bibles, but they have, they express their feelings and their emotions, and they love their God with, with that particular part. Because other churches, they're too emotional, but there's no Bible. I mean, they can sing for 40, 50, 60 minutes and then preach for five minutes. Now, pastor told me I need to preach for an hour, and this clock in here is mean nothing to me. That's what he said, that he didn't mean nothing to him either, what they mean either. So, we got to bring the balance, all right? We got to know him. We got to look for him, seek him, and express our emotion. I mean, I tell you, some of us as a Baptist, we're very, very like, oh, yeah. We're. Not afraid to raise our hands, you know, or clap. I don't know why, but just the way we are. But when I see you guys clapping and singing, raising your hands, I'm glad that you're expressing your love and your emotions. Know him. Find him. Delight on him. It is a good balance to be a, a, a to have a biblical balance in our life. Now, with all of this then, how do we love God? Number three then, how do to love God? And I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer, but I can see here there is only a few things that I know that I can love God and I know how now. Number one, he said that we need to love him with all our heart. Of our heart. Now, the Bible uh, doesn't tell us the exact way the anthropology of man. There is an inside debate uh, uh, among you know different uh, theological backgrounds that they say that the man is three parts. Other others say that it's two parts. You want me to tell you which one I believe? Well, I don't know which one I believe. I know first thing. Some, some say this, uh, body, soul, and spirit. And the other one says, well, it's a, it's a body and spirit. Now, 
like I said, I, I don't know which one is it, but I know for sure that we have a material part and a spiritual part. Now, sometimes the Bible uses like this, love your God with all your heart. Now, your heart, not, not speaking about that one that is beating right now, so rapidly in my case, I'm so nervous right now, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's just talking about this heart. But the Bible used the word heart uh, to describe that immaterial part of us that was created for God. The part on us that choose to sin or choose to do good. And that's why Proverbs 4.23 tells you and said, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Yes, that immaterial part called heart in this case is the one that chooses to do good or chooses to do bad. The Bible teaches also that in like when it speaks about the heart, it uses it or illustrate it as a throne. That throne is either you as the king or Jesus is the king. Okay? If you come to Christ, that means that you decide and say, you know what? No more of me, Lord. It's all you. All right? You come and live in my heart. You came and reign in my heart. You came and do whatever you want, Lord. He is the king, the king of kings, lords of lords. And what I said, when I believe in him, that's what I'm saying to him. You are now the king of my life. I don't do what I want to do. I do what he wants me to do. So when I'm speaking about loving God with all your heart, I want to put it this way then. Loving God with all your heart is letting him tell you what to do. When you are doing what he wants you to do, then you're loving God with all your heart. And again, it's not going to be perfectly, but it will be increasingly. All right? It will be little by little, more and more. There are some areas in my life I'm still struggling. But the Lord said, you got to give it to me. Well, you got to give it to me. Okay, here we go. And then show me something else and then something else and something else. Little by little, my heart is getting to him. So loving God, how do I love God? With all my heart. But it's all with all my soul. Or what he's saying here, with, with all your soul. This word also is, uh, it can be used uh, to describe your emotions, the inner part. Matthew 26, 38, speaking of Jesus. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. See, our Lord felt it in his soul. He was, he was, he was suffering just a few hours before his arrest and going to the crucifixion. David, in Psalm 103, verse 1, said, Blessed the, Bless the Lord, O my soul. See the two areas? One is the anguished and the, and the sorrowful, your, your, your sadness. You feel it in your soul. Hey, hey when, we're, when we're sad and something, something is going on in our life, although some people say that they have a headache, no? But most of the time they say, my heart hurts. I mean, Look what's happening to me or my family or, or such and such a circumstance. Your heart feel it. 
Or when you're happy, you, I'm happy, I'm so brave, I'm so blessed, I'm so, God is good, and then I feel it in my soul. Like David, bless this, the Lord, oh my soul. Why? Why, David? Um, and, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Why? Oh, because don't, don't forget not all his benefits. Don't forget that. So when we're talking about loving God with all our soul, with all our emotions, we're called to feel, to feel something in our hearts. How is your, how do you, how do your emotion, how, how are you expressing your love to God? Maybe you have grown cold the last few weeks, maybe days or months. Why don't you just ask and pray to rekindle God, that feeling within you? Hey, if we don't have feeling toward God, if there's no, there's no uh, tears of joy because of his love and care, if we don't feel passion for his will, to be done in this world. If we don't feel pain because of our shortcomings, there's something wrong with us. We're not loving God with all our soul. Hey, I understand different cultures. If you're familiar with the Bay Area, obviously a lot of Latinos, you know, and Hispanics, and you can, you can see that, you know, Mexican, like that rancherita music kind of thing, you know, that music, uh, woo, you know, it gets you going, you know. Uh, and then you have the, the Caribbeans, uh, they, you know, they like to move around, you know. And, 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 and then you have the Irish, like, you know, like, you know and, and, and then you have the Americans, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever, you know. Different cultures, different ways to express our feelings. Yeah, I understand that. For me, it's easier to, to just go and, woohoo, you know, all right, and, and hugging each other, yeah, we have fun, you know. But other people is like, whatever, man. It's okay. Why don't you just sit down, you know? <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is within your frame, the how God has created you, why don't you express your love for Him? You might not be jumping. You know, maybe high, high, giving high fives or dancing and resting your hands. But how God created you. It's okay once in a while. It's okay to tear, to tear tears of joy for what, what God has done in your life and your family. Or maybe your sin. You need to repent and ask God for forgiveness. It's, it's okay to cry sometimes. Or to laugh. And like I said, maybe the Lord needs to rekindle that in us. To express that gratitude and love for Him. And the last one. With all your mind. With all your mind. We're talking about intellectual vigoring here. Um, we have to use our mind. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to, uh, throughout the years, met pastors like your pastor, 
that emphasize in doctrine. Doctrine is important because if we don't know how God is, how are we going to love him? Now, you tell me. That's why it's important every day getting the word of God, read it, and then come sitting under the authority of the elders and the, and the pastors and teach for them to teach us and show us what we need to do. We need to learn who God is, what he wants from us. See, for, for a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to love God. It's that they can't love him because they don't know him. And so that's, that's a problem. Many of our brothers and sisters are sitting in churches right now where the emotions are high, but there's no doctrine. There's no way for them to learn how to love this God that they're praising and lifting up high. And like I said, I'm glad that I know a pastor like your pastor. And I want to be one of those pastors where we can emphasize the doctrine because we need to love God with our mind, knowing who he is, what he has done for us, and how we can serve him better. So I encourage you. You want to rekindle your love for God and love him with all your soul, your heart, this is important. We need to learn how, how he is, who he is, and what he wants for us. I encourage you. I, 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 I beg you to, 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 to read your Bible, come to church, get some CDs or anything to, to feed and to learn more about this God that is our Savior and our God. So I charge you, in the name of Christ, then, let's love our God with all our hearts, mind, and soul. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you. Thank you for your kindness, your, your love and mercy. Thank you for this church who have opened their arms for me to come and preach. Thank you for what they stand for in this community. Thank you for keeping this group faithful in this area. And as we have learned, Lord, just a reminder for all of us that we really need to keep loving you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our soul. Thank you for what you have done and thank you for what you're going to do. We love you. We want to worship you. We want to follow you. We want to be obedient to you. Help us throughout the rest of this day and throughout the week. You know exactly what we're going to go through. But in all those things, Lord, I pray that you keep us faithful. And that our heart tenders to your word. And the guidance of your Holy Spirit, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Amen.